Welcome to the Infertility Sisterhood Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Smalley. In case we haven't met, I'm a coach's wife, a pastor's kid, an author, a small business owner, and a mom to my three miracles. Someone once told me that having a baby should be fun and free. For me, it was neither. Infertility is hard, it's lonely, it's confusing, and it just plain sucks. I want to encourage your heart and to help you navigate this road with a little bit more confidence by sharing the things I've learned along the way. So whether you're just starting out on your journey or you've been on this road longer than you want to admit, I'm glad you're here. Hi. Okay, today we are talking all things marriage, particularly in the struggle of infertility. So this just walking through any struggle puts extra stress on all relationships, but I think it puts extra stress on marriage because obviously that is the closest relationship in your life. And so I just want to share some things that were helpful for me as I, as Blake and I walked through this storm together. So the first thing is just recognizing that it's no one's fault. Yes, there is a diagnosis and likely it is, I mean, most, I I would, I think most often it's one, it's one or the other, and sometimes it's both, but it's not anyone's fault. There is no shame in the diagnosis. There is no shame in whoever's side of the puzzle is contributing to this not working. I think focusing on the fact that it takes two to make a baby and you need each other. And it's not like I I always tried to be like approach it as we're a team and never, ever, ever tried to talk about faults and not even focus on diagnosis other than from a clinical standpoint, because you have to. But just recognizing that it's not your fault. It is not your spouse's fault. And giving them the space to be safe with you and not feel shame and or feel blame in this process. So the next thing is just having this approach that we are a team. Like and I say to each other a lot, especially on the hard days or when we are having a hard time getting on the same page that we're on the same team, same team, Megan, same team, Blake. Um, and I think we need that reminder, especially in marriage. We are two different people and we bring two different backgrounds and stories and baggage and hardships and the way we see life to the table. And through that, you're forming one team and it's hard. It's hard when you don't see eye to eye. So I think just making sure that you're constantly reminding each other, hey, even even if we disagree on this, we are on the same team. Ultimately, we want the same things and we want the best for each other. So when things get hard and when you aren't seeing eye to eye, just come together first and then try to keep working through it. Have you heard the news? I'm so excited to tell you that I wrote a book and it's officially available now wherever books are sold. 
the words that I poured out of my heart and onto those pages are going to meet you where you are and encourage your heart in a big way. My book is called Give Grace, and I'm sharing all about the story of a girl who has had to overcome some really hard stuff. In case you're wondering, that girl is me. I'm sharing my journey of loss and hope and how I learned how to give more grace to myself and to others. Give Grace isn't about a secret formula or a magic button. It's written to remind you through my real life story that God shows up in the details of our lives. How when we feel like everything is falling apart, he's actually piecing it all together. And how he gives us the grace time and time again to get through the messy, broken parts of our lives. If your heart needs encouragement, Give Grace will make you feel less alone and show you how to find hope and joy through it all. For more information and to grab your copy, visit www.megansmalley.com slash givegracebook. The next thing is give your spouse the space to handle this how they need to. Men and women are wired differently and men and women and just different men and different women handle things differently. Blake and I don't process things the same way. We don't grieve the same way. We don't always see things the same way. And I like I'm a verbal processor and Blake is not a words person. And so it it was really important for me to have another outlet apart from Blake to process things verbally so I wasn't always just dumping my words regarding infertility and how hard it was on him. We did have those conversations, obviously, but I needed somebody else too to get that out. And I was really thankful for him giving me the freedom and the space to do that. Figure out how your spouse needs to grieve or wants to grieve. Maybe they need more space. Maybe they want to talk. Maybe they want to go work out more to relieve stress. Whatever they need to process this in their own way, give them the space and the freedom to do that and support them in those efforts because it really is so important for us to face the things in our lives and we all face them differently and handle them differently. So let's support each other in those efforts. The next thing is find ways to laugh together and have fun together. One of my favorite things about Blake is how much he makes me laugh. And I, even on the hardest days, I can remember being in the most awkward doctor's appointments. And we, I would just look up and catch his eye and bust out laughing. And (laughs) I I tend to sometimes have inappropriate and uncontrollable laughter. And he makes me laugh so hard. And one of the things I'm just so grateful for in the hardest seasons of our marriage is us finding ways to still laugh and have fun together. Because when you can do that, it just eases the weight that you feel on your heart so much. So I encourage you to take a break 
whatever that looks like and just from life and just go have fun with your spouse and not try not to think about this. Try not to talk about this. Do something that he enjoys. Do something that you enjoy and just let go of the burden that you're carrying and have fun together again. I think it will be really healing for your heart and really healing for your marriage. Okay, sister, it is time to get off the emotional roller coaster. Emotions can consume us, but we don't have to let them. Imagine what it would be like to stop allowing this giant in your life called infertility to call all the shots. I want to tell you about the Overcome Journal. It's a 26-week guided journal to help you face your giants and slay them one by one. This journal is going to point you to scripture first. It's going to help you assess what feels the heaviest this week. It's going to create a shame-free space to be honest about where you are and how you're coping. It's going to give you weekly devotions to lift you up on the hardest days. And it's going to help you map out a plan of action to take the next step forward in overcoming. For more information and to get your copy, visit www.theovercomejournal.com. And lastly, I think communication, I know this is like marriage 101, but communication about all the things is so important. Communicating where you're at emotionally so they know, like, is today a good day or a bad day? I mean, how are you feeling about the upcoming things? How are you feeling about um, the potentials that we may be facing down the road? Just communicating where you're at emotionally, physically, spiritually, sharing what you're struggling with, what feels the heaviest. Um, And then I also think communicating as best you can about sex. And this is not something I like to talk about publicly, but it is such an important part of marriage. And in the struggle of infertility, it can make sex feel so timed and um, about having a baby and less about connecting. And so I just want to challenge you to communicate and try, try your best to not, not make, I mean, there's, there's times when you don't have any other choice, but to try to make and save sex for what it's created to be and and take the pressure off a little bit. So I think that is one of the ways that just makes marriage in, in this struggle particularly so hard. And the more you can communicate about it, the better. Okay, I want to share a quote from chapter seven of Give Grace. The chapter is called An Attitude of Grace. In marriage and in life, it's so important to focus our time and energy on watering our own grass. If someone else's grass looks greener, it might be simply because they are watering and caring for it consistently. One of the ways that Blake and I do this in our marriage is to take time away from the kids to observe each other in our element. I knew I wanted to marry Blake when I went to watch him during his student teaching. Watching him pour his heart out for those kids, I knew he'd be the best dad. And he is. So even now, my favorite thing to do is to go watch Blake coach his basketball team. Watching him in his element 
doing what he was created to do ignites my love for him all over again. It reminds me that the work he is doing outside of our home matters so much. Water the grass you are standing on with grace. Pluck the weeds. Mow faithfully. Meticulously trim the edges so there is room for love and gratitude to grow. Be faithful where God has you. Whatever is causing the seeds of discontentment and bitterness to bloom in your heart, root it out so that you can spend time making your own grass extra green. If you want more, head over to theinfertilitysisterhood.com and click podcast for all the show notes, links, and discount codes. If you're looking for more ways to get connected and discover a community of other women walking this road, join the Infertility Sisterhood community. There you'll find countless women asking the same questions you have and others who are just one step ahead that can offer their experience. You can find all the links to join at www.theinfertilitysisterhood.com. Thanks for joining us and always give grace.